From Los Angeles, California, on the MTV Podcast Network, this is North Mollywood. I'm Alex Papadimus. Our guest today from the Vital Public Service podcast, Yo, Is This Racist? And from the internet, Andrew T. Yo. And as always, the queen of gestural podcasting. Moving her arms emphatically, Molly Lambert. Hey, everybody. You can't see, but I'm gesturing right now that I'm excited for this podcast. I'm excited to have Andrew T. on the podcast. I'm excited to be here. This is... This is... uh a recent but still a dream come true today we're going to be talking about archie comics and the archie comics universe and then we're going to talk about the tv show ballers 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 and other guilty pleasures and also the rock's dick the rock's dick that was that was supposed was to be rock sand yeah I, but i can't hit that i didn't hit the note Rock stick. <laughs> it's a stretch. Have, you don't have to wear your pants tonight. <laughs> Andrew and I have a long running back and forth about Archie comics. That's right. That's for, right. For uh, reasons I'm not even sure how it started. Um, I think I got into it because you love tweeting about Archie in general, and I'm more of a jughead. <laughs> I'm, I'm straight jughead. And I guess that's a little bit our dynamic. That, you, that I'm Archie and you're a jughead? Yeah. That's probably true, actually. Yeah. You've, you also do have a really cute dog, which is what Jughead has. He has a dog named Hot Dog. Yeah. He, he sometimes sure does. gets into hijinks. Has been a zombie before. Yeah. Has been, uh, that's all I remember. About You're caught dog. up on Archie. Listen, I read a Wikipedia page right before I came in Well, here. we started talking about Archie and then somehow we got on the topic a lot of, uh, Reggie, how Reggie is the worst and such, such, yeah. a, such a dick. And then I'm very excited about the CW show Riverdale that's coming out, which is like a dark retelling of the Archie mythos. Yeah, so do you know more about this? Is this kind of like closer to the um, the new Archie comics which are like uh, let's say gritty? They're gritty. Yeah. Gritty is the right word. It's the only time in history I've ever liked a gritty reboot of something. So this is, but wait there's been a couple, right? Like we should stop and just say that there's there's two, like I've read the zombie one because you told me to and really enjoyed it while also being like, why does this exist? <laughs> but there is, I mean, look, there's there was Marvel zombies. There were zombie versions of everything. I so, think Archie know. reached a point where they were like, we have to do something new because Archie has been exactly the same since the 1930s, which is what's charming about it is mm -hmm. that it never changes. There's like weird references to cultural goings on that, mm -hmm. you know, are always really square and, and kind of... Yeah, my favorite shit is, like, in the Archie comics I used to read. Can I say shit? I hope yeah, I can. Yeah, you can. I think you can. So far. Beep. Um, my favorite shit is when, um, like, like the old cartoons, when Archie's, like, stressing out about getting a sponsor to put on the side of his car to make money for a hot dog. Like, it is so rooted in that 50s kind of, like, like like well, it's like happy days kind of well i think what it like, is is it's a ripoff of the mickey rooney uh life with andy hardy series the popular uh -huh. 
Sure. Uh huh. Go the with super me. Pie, which we, don't popular. Popular. we don't need to tell the MT the yeah, kids and the MTV audience. We don't need to qualify that one at all. That, kids that means, love Mickey Rooney. Say no more. And he loves them back. But <laughs> he was like the sort of it was like a series of shorts and I think and then films that were like he's the typical teenager mm-hmm. and he has the typical teenage concerns. He wants to borrow the car. He wants to go on a date. This this press photo of Andy Hardy that I just looked up on my computer has him looking forlorn and then surrounded by three lustful ladies, mm-hmm. which so is like a real that's Archie real vibe. Archie. So the one thing I was noticing in frantically doing research before coming in here is that the only thing that's consistent about Archie is that that like between the iterations is that they keep saying like he's a klutz, he's every man. Every girl wants to fuck him. But like he's just like normal and he's the a super loyal friend and and it's like he's basically like as close to you get as you get to like a manic pixie dream boy. He's he like is. Yeah, he's like everyone inexplicably wants to bone him, and he's like, "Oh, I'm clumsy, and I got a weird car." <laughs> well, he's he's caught between Betty and Veronica. I mean, I honestly think it's like the greatest love triangle of all time because <laughs> Betty and Veronica are best friends, and yeah. they look identical to each other, but they have different hair colors. Mm-hmm. Um, but you understand the appeal of each. There's, you know, Betty is a better person, but maybe she's a little more boring. And mm. Veronica is a rich bitch, but for whatever reason, that, go ahead. That is what she would call herself. Whoa! In a gritty reboot, but she. Uh, <laughs> are you are you like quoting your imagined um, CW promo? It's like I'm rich <laughs> maybe <bitch."> I am, <laughs> but. Uh, Archie, I th- they you know they were sort of like trying some things of doing some sort of manga Archie when manga got really big with the kids. They mm-hmm. were like, okay, let's try drawing some Archies in a manga style, and that was very weird uh, because <laughs> it was just sort of I don't know. I mean, it, that was that was fine, but that was their first attempt at sort of like making a cooler Archie. Mm-hmm. And then what they did that was smart was they hired actual alternative comics people to come in, and I don't know. If, this uh, is where Alex stepped in with a ton of knowledge. <laughs> no, well, because uh, yeah, well, there was the but there was a step in between though, where it's like it started to get. I, I feel like it starts with the introduction of Kevin Keller, who's the first gay character right. in the history of Archie, and is therefore like a real sort of recognition that the modern world exists. It was that Happy Days version of the '50s where it kind of it was a sliding window. And it was it basically by the end of Happy Days, they stopped pretending it was not the 70s. Like, and somehow they'd just been alive for 20 years. Like, it, it, you know, it, it was pretty much the haircuts, the, the, the sideburns appeared. And Archie made, like, occasional concessions to reality. Uh, and one of those was that they would add minority characters periodically. So they introduced Chuck, who is the black guy at Riverdale. And then they introduced Nancy, who is his girlfriend, who is also black. And Kevin Keller was sort of very much in that tradition of like, hey, let's make a nod to the fact that we don't live in 1951. Right. It's not like they all do like LSD and like one of them gets shot by the like by well, the cops or something. Well, actually, <laughs> you should mention it. No, because then eventually there's a thing, isn't it? Isn't that the Kevin the- Keller story? Spoilers <laughs> for Archie's of the last few years. For anybody who's not caught up on Archie. Uh, yeah, pause Archie, this. Go catch up on Archie your Archie. Got, started in 1934. Yes. Archie got dark, got very dark. Uh, in the Kevin Keller alternate timeline, which is part of Life with Archie, which is an alternate timeline story 
that I believe goes splits into two dimensions: one where he's married to Bet, where Archie's married to Betty, and one where he's married to Veronica. Mm-hmm. I think actually uh, those are I read this yeah separate alternate, separate timelines. alternate timelines. I think this is a quick question, and I'm gonna just gonna say maybe Alex has more comic book knowledge than either of us. Are there more Archie verses or like DC universes? <laughs> Well, it's, I don't know, because they haven't... That, that's a good question, because how many DC universes are there? That sort of, that fluctuates. They keep bashing them all together and then breaking them apart again, and, like, they reintroduce... They, they, it can't... Oh. The, there's something... Like, comics they just, like, want to be a multiverse somehow. Yeah. Like, it's just... It's, the like, the pull of that, you know, the well, medium, but... I think it's because... Isn't it just because, like, authors are, like... Yeah, I don't want to think about all the other shit that everyone else did about this yeah, character. It's so much easier if you're just like, oh, I'm just going to start this story over from the beginning yeah. and ignore the things Let's that... Let's blow up the continuity. <laughs> but yeah, so they had, there was that thing, and I read it, they collected it anyway as like one book, so you would, every, it would alternate between the two stories, and it was like the one where he ends up with Betty, and the one where he ends up with Veronica, and then like one of them ends with him... Getting I, killed. Catching a bullet meant for Kevin Keller, right? <laughs> but... It's not what you would think, which is that he's, like, catching a bullet for Kevin Keller, the first openly gay student at Riverdale, uh, to be the victim of a hate crime. It's that Kevin Keller in the Archieverse, where they're also, like, adults because they're married, They uh, Kevin Keller becomes the mayor of Riverdale and but gets really tough on gun control, <laughs> and then a gun nut tries to shoot him. Wow, they really tried to have Archie all of the their bullet. cakes. Yeah! Wow. And uh, Archie dying is the weirdest thing. But then you're also like, maybe it makes sense. He's a martyr. <laughs> He's a magic ginger. He's a martyr. Oh, that's why you love. Is that that's the ginger is the start what for? You, I was assuming that's why I you thought she was Archie to your Jughead. Like the, no, that was I a just, big part of it. Just because because uh, Molly's every man. I'm, I'm the my you know my brother is Archie. Your, he your actually is Archie. Yeah. Really resembles. Archie, although he's a much better person than Archie. Well, your, Archie, your car is kind of a jalopy. I my car say. is a hundred percent a jalopy. I, I also like a milkshake at the Pops Chocolate Shop. Oh sure, um, you play your two lovers off against them to each other, <laughs> uh, and psychologically manipulate them to think they are friends. They are friends. That's why it's such a good love triangle because it's about like your best friend. What happens when you and your best friend want the same thing? Yeah, but Archie, really? He, You know, but that's the thing also. It's like it doesn't even matter what the thing is that you both want. It's just like, oh, who's better, me or my friend? Right, and they're ideologically very different, even though they're all, they're drawn the same, basically with different hair, but like they they are about very different things. Like, isn't Betty like a do-gooder and she's, yes. a, she's always like at the beach cleanup or something? I feel like Betty's always like spearing some Betty's litter. a do-gooder and she's also <laughs> middle class, like Archie. Or lower class at times. Yeah, well, Archie has to borrow a car is how I determine that he's not super rich. Right. Reggie has a new car every day because he's, you know, rich asshole. Yeah, he's and, Reggie's James Spader. Like, a, well, it's also like there's like then there's the Reggie and Betty, you know, pairing where it's like, oh, what if Betty becomes like Archie and she wants to date the rich asshole yeah. too? Uh, there's just there's so many possibilities. I just want because they they I didn't see figure find out what happened at the end of this, but they did like an Occupy Wall Street, Occupy Riverdale storyline. No. Does it end with the lodge mentioned getting burned to the ground <laughs> and the people taking back what is owed to them? Jughead starts F Society in the Archie universe. I mean, Jughead is really a, a man on the outside of, of time, which I, I love Jughead also. Jughead is, is, you know, he just wants to fuck a cheeseburger. I th- th- and But they will not make... 
they will not introduce the concept of Jughead being stoned. Uh, I feel like they Everything dance but, around it. It's like Shaggy like, do. Because because Jughead, I associate Jughead in my mind with Maynard G. Krebs, which is like you know all the kids know about Again, Maynard G. Krebs. We need to footnote the, the hell out of this podcast. character played by uh, Bob Denver. Yep. On uh. Uh, do- the Many Loves of Dobie Gillis, mm-hmm. which was MTV a favorite. MTV favorite. The it was Many on, Loves. It was on a, an MTV network it for was, a while. It was, it was on, on Nick, Nick and Night. That's where I saw it, which was like a, a TV show about a... It was sort of an Archie TV show, basically. It's about an everyman teenager who's girl crazy and his best friend who's a beatnik who never wants to work. Right. So that's kind of Jughead's core character that he's like... And then Jughead became very on trend because he's like Gen X. Yeah. He's like, fuck working. I just want to, like, be Jughead. Right. He, like, slackered his way into the main role. Well, he's like Batman. Like, Batman is a constant in comics. Like, Batman doesn't change. The world changes around him, but (laughs) Batman kind of remains. Whereas Superman, you always have to update Superman because he seems outdated, but Batman sort of seems just timeless. Like, and I feel I put Jughead in that same category. That's right. Jughead and Batman. Yeah. Jughead. uh, Same page. And, you know, I'm just waiting for felt crowns to come back in. I found out where the crown comes from, which is that I guess it was a trend in the 1940s to cut up your dad's hat yeah. and turn it into a felt crown. Yep. And uh, Jughead. Because, is, because war was imminent. <laughs> <laughs> and you were. Well, maybe that's it. Maybe it's also like there's that wartime Archie feeling of like everybody's got to do it with everybody because the world might end. Oh, I think, moment. right. This is like the tiny. I think the reason. Like, you might enjoy this if you were in any number of trenches, actually, or in any amount of muck. Uh, because you're like, okay, this is, like, a normal thing. And also, I like, in until, like, the 70s, you're like, I'm Archie. I'm going to bang one of these two beautiful, identical women. And I'm just trying to survive against, you know, whatever the fuck the is draft. going on. Yeah, right. This is like, this. it's the draft or this. There are times also when reality comes into Archie in a way that makes it obvious that it was written by a bunch of old white dudes mm-hmm. that they, like, try to deal with issues. And this is especially in 60s Archies that you see. Mm-hmm. It's just like they are so hard on the counterculture. <laughs> they do not care for it at all so they'll have like a character get into something cool and then all the other characters will like convince them why it's bad mm-hmm. right so it's like yeah. when norman osborne was hopped up on goofballs and yeah Spider-Man, like <laughs> well there's one i saw from the 50s where betty becomes a beatnik that i love um and then jughead becomes alienated because he thinks they're all just making fun of him <laughs> oh wow they, the do they have like collections? I know that they do. Yeah. This, do they have collections of like Archie in the '60s, like oh, the, yeah. of, like representative '60s crazy those Archie are, stories. Those are great collections, actually. Yeah, there's a those they used to sell in the back of Archie comics, uh, like where you had to mail away for them. But they have like best of the '50s, best of the '60s, best of the '70s, and the covers are all really great because they mm. depict them as like a really correct time correct version of the characters. So on like the '60s one, you have like. Archie with shoulder length hair on the cover, oh, which never happened yeah, in an not Archie. In the thing. Nobody would ever have long hair in Archie because that's like part of how the squareness is that yeah. everybody has. That's how a homosexual might carry themselves. <laughs> well, I mean, even Kevin Keller has like the high top fade. Nobody's like that cool ever, and you know. Right. Although I guess I- Josie has fucking cat ears. <laughs> by the way, the answer to Betty or Veronica is Josie. By the way. Well. Yeah. 
Uh, no, That's... it's uh, what's her name? The the black girl that um, Archie briefly dated, and it's so noteworthy that that's part of his Wikipedia. <laughs> Valerie. Valerie, the, uh, the the pussycat. Yeah, the pussycat. That that is also true. That was maybe Archie's first interracial relationship. Oh, for sure. Which was a big deal at the time. Again, they're just like they're playing catch up with like the entire twentieth century. I don't know about that. They, I feel like they might be leading a lot of, like... <laughs> right, but if they had done that in, like, the 80s, it would have yeah. been... Who does he actually... Oh, he marries Cheryl Blossom? In maybe one timeline. In one sort of time. Is I it, love it, Cheryl Blossom. Yeah, Cheryl, Cheryl Blossom was a good was answer to that question, she was, too. She's sort mm. of the gambit of uh, Archie. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> no, no, because they brought her in in the 90s, you know, and she it was like, they did a whole thing about, like, we're introducing a new character into the Archieverse, mm-hmm. uh, and she is exactly like Betty and Veronica, but she has red hair. She's Mary Jane. She's Mary Jane, but yeah. she was deemed too sexy, even though well, she yeah. is drawn identically to Veronica and yeah. Betty, who are also very well, sexy, she... because Dan DiCarlo, who drew them, was a pinup artist beforehand. There's a lot of sex in the margins of Archie, but also the fact that there's like no sex in Archie because it's a children's comic. Yeah. That's what makes it great. Is it? Yes. <laughs> I feel like that's. I feel like she's and Cheryl Blossom is also. I feel like the basis for Cherry Pop Tart. Yes. Who is uh, the, you know Cherry Pop Tart? I think might predate Cheryl Blossom. Really? Cherry Pop Tart yeah. is one hell of a fucking name for the oh, Archie yeah. universe. That no, is too she, much. That's, sex. Cherry Pop Tart is a seventies adult comic based oh, on the Archie universe. Like it looks like yeah. if you if you if you were like, hey, I wish Archie. Yeah, was just oh, all dope. sex. Yeah, was an erotic comic. Like then, it, like it is. Yeah. When there were like three adult comics in the world, and you would sort of see that one, there was that one shelf at the comic book store. I love be like, that Cherry Pop Tart. Cherry uh, Pop Tart. Omaha the Cat Dancer. Omaha the Cat Dancer. Uh, and, and my comic book shop would put heavy metal behind. Yeah, yeah. heavy metal was pornographic. As well, for they sure. should have. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of bosoms. I would like to see, you know, there kind of is a heavy metal version of Archie. There's like an Archie in space thing that they do sometimes. The thing is like within the Archieverse, they do lots of spinoffs, endless spinoffs of Archie. And the Riverdale show, I'm tentatively excited about. I think Riverdale is going to be, I think they went so aggressive with like casting it, like the interracial casting but still somehow basically everyone has CW face. Yeah. Which is, I think it is going to be like, yeah, it's like Happy Days meets Gossip Girl, but on the CW, right? Like, and also it looks they're insane. marketing it like Twin Peaks, which is what I... It's fucking awesome. Is there, is there a murder? Is there an inciting? I think so. I think dead? there's like the, the ad is like just like a creepy boat. It makes nothing to do with Archie. With a river. Just a Riverdale. Um, but but Andrew faced a crisis of of self about Reggie. Oh yeah, because Reggie's Asian they now. They cast a hot. If you couldn't tell Asian from American my Reggie. tell from my voice, here's the thing about um, uh, Asian male representation in the media as it pertains to me, which is that for a long time I was able to um, blame my lack of. Uh, success at dating on the fact that people just don't like Asian males but now that there are like hot Asian dudes in the media I'm losing my excuse so that is like really I need to find something to make up for my odious personality (laughs) besides blaming the world for being racist So is it that now there's like an example of like a super hot Asian dude that you have to live up to in the media that you never had to before? Well, no, there's that. But also now I can't just be like, ah, no one, no one likes even Asian women don't like Asian dudes. And it's like, well, no, now they do. It's just (laughs) 
it's just this one here. Right. You can't blame society. <laughs> yeah, I can't blame society, which was my go-to. <laughs> or Reggie will just... Uh, everyone will get Reggie fever. What, I guess yeah. that's the thing. I am what a if Reggie. Reggie be- if I'm anything, I'm actually a Reggie. If Reggie becomes the Chuck Bass of this show... That's like what that, I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, he is, Yeah, for sure. But that's I, the plan, I, Yeah, right? I mean, I just... I, I like that because I, I like Reggie because Reggie is the male Veronica and I I have... I w- they've never really gone down the road of like just Reggie and Veronica team up and just become like Heather's, Oh, no, right? they do. That would be the best, I think. They go down that road a lot because Reggie and Veronica will spend money to do stuff that yeah. is no, bad. but they should do. They should spend money to like fuck over everyone else's <laughs> life. <laughs> well, I like how they're just like, okay, Riverdale's in California now. Everyone's going to be hot and diverse because it's Riverdale, California, California, Riverdale nine hundred two one zero. It's actually Riverside. <laughs> 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 Well, be right back. I said in a weird voice. Well, well, we'll be well, right back. I guess we'll be right back. I guess we're in it to win it with Andrew. <laughs> I love see this. where this goes. I love this. Hi, I'm Rachel Handler, and I work at MTV News, where I write a column called Lady Problems. Every week, I take pop culture to task for the way it treats women, which is always terribly. And on September 15th, it's going to be a podcast, so you should listen to it. Lady Problems will feature a rotating crew of ladies from MTV News, including the brilliant Teo Bugby. She's just so, like, non-critically white. She's the most (laughs) wonderbred, wonderbred. And the ice-cold bath on a humid afternoon that is Hazel Sills. I mean, I mostly just get men who think they know more about music than me. Each week, we're going to dissect the things that are happening in pop culture... We don't know who this is, but whoever you are, we know you're out there. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you're an impressive dick. We can make hexes. Yeah, a... we'll hex you. We'll also interview celebrities, writers, and funny women about their own lady problems. I wish that I could have explained myself, you know. I think that people also don't really understand having more than one feeling about things. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. You know, That's especially true. not people on the internet, especially not <laughs> random men on the internet. Right. And just generally have a great time shitting all over the patriarchy. So starting on September 15th, you'll be able to listen to Lady Problems every Thursday thanks to the MTV Podcast Network. Make sure you go to iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts and subscribe right now so you don't miss the first one. mentioned that you are caught up on ballers correct correct there's a new segment we like to call caught up on ballers caught up on ballers uh colon why colon why Why i'm not even so curious about why because i understand the appeal of watching a show you don't even like all the way through or do you like it i'm good at that well so two things one is i just want to say because of um my yo is this racist brand I have I I have to kind of like I get more guilt over guilty pleasures because Ballers is garbage like the most sexist show currently running I believe where does it fall on the racism spectrum well but that's the thing so it's basically like 
entourage of color. Right. So football entourage. Yeah. So so there's a part of me that's like this is a political statement. <laughs> <laughs> Watching ballers is good because you have to support a show like this. I don't know. I guess the reason I brought it up too was just that um I feel like we all have various degrees of guilt and our guilty pleasures and that one's high for me, but I'm straight up the only show I'm caught up on right now is Ballers, which is insane. So you come home, say, say you've been out of town for a week and you're yeah. away from your DVR. You come home and there's new episodes of a bunch of the shows that you watch. Like, are you going straight to Ballers? Like, first, I'm, like, I, yes, now. Yeah. I'm five behind on Vice Principals. <laughs> I might be out at this point. I'm, or four, whatever. I'm, I watch like three episodes of Vice Principals and I'm like, oh, I'll get to it later. Um, Ballers, I'm still in on, I guess I'm in on uh, Atlanta. Yeah, which I haven't seen yet, but I heard it's great. Atlanta's very good. Yeah, and I guess good. I'll catch up on that. I don't know, but yeah. So, so that was that was my question for you guys: is do you do, are you guys watching any shows? Oh yeah, that make you feel like oh, possibly yeah. reprehensible. That people? show for me is Love and Hip Hop. Uh huh. <laughs> which uh, speaking of Entourage, MTV Networks is Love and Hip Hop. Love and Hip Hop, Viacom show, Love and Hip Hop. Uh, wildly entertaining makes me feel like the worst person for watching it because it's so garbagey. It's just like... Is that show pitched to a white audience or a black no, audience? No, I, I mean, I think it's an anyone who's interested in... It's like a good reality show, right. but it does something that I've never seen another reality show do that isn't like season to season, like Survivor, which is that if somebody runs out of plot, they are gone. <laughs> so like gone how? Like they just are don't show up the next season. So every season of Love and Hip Hop New York, like Love and Hip Hop Atlanta is probably the best one. And then uh-huh. I watch Love and Hip Hop Hollywood, which is, you know, the best part about Love and Hip Hop Hollywood is that it all takes place in North Hollywood, actually. Um, huh, I've heard of that. So it's, it's like when on the Kardashians when they have establishing shots yes, of LA and, and it's like to Calabasas. It's, it's, it's somewhere that has nowhere to do. No, it's like yeah. they're at the Grove, they're in Silver Lake, and exactly. then Calabasas. Like because well, all Los the Angeles, recording yeah. studios are in North Hollywood, so they're constantly oh. like. And you know, I assume that it's for an audience who doesn't doesn't necessarily know that North Hollywood is not part of Hollywood. Which well, is yeah. Like, if I may break in real quick here, um, Molly and I are friends. Uh, we met pretty soon after I moved to LA. And while you are by far my most L.A. friend, because <laughs> um, I didn't know until, I don't know, a year ago or less, literally how far away Calabasas was from everything. So far. Yeah. I was just there yeah. a couple days ago, just, you know, stalking out Drake's house. Sure. It is, it is so far and so hot. Yeah, and it's quite warm. Not a glamorous place. Those pants actually make a lot more sense when you realize how hot it is in Calabasas. Yeah, no, it is not not Showing glamorous. Off some cheek. I mean, surely <laughs> that's where the, the the Yeezy store is going to be, right? Like Kanye's going to want it like right down the hill. Well, Calabasas is the new Abu Dhabi, according to a billboard yeah, that so went up in Los Angeles. So it'll be okay. in that mall. Uh, hot, very hot. Yeah, hot. A, a lot, lot of, malls. of slightly unwilling labor. Yeah, okay. palm trees. Uh huh. Um, uh huh. New money. Love and hip hop, just to take it back yeah, please. for a moment. Um, Love and hip hop New York, which is the flagship show. That's the show where they just like turn over the cast every season, basically. Mm-hmm. And then some people will hang on. And uh, I feel like a little, this is a little dangerous for me to talk about because uh, I'm known to be a little uh, offensive sometimes about New York hip hop. And <laughs> whoa, uh, Love and hip hop is like, there are so many washed up rappers in New York and you can get all of them 
So they're all on the show. Oh, sure. So it's like Peter Guns, Joe Budden. Uh, Is Papoose on that show? Papoose shows up later. <laughs> <laughs> and then when Saigon showed up, I was like, oh, of course, like Saigon is on the show. So it's basically like everybody who's ever gotten a cosign from Peter Rosenberg. Yeah, is like on I was saying it. I thought maybe it was like a bad boy shell company because it's like uh, Rich Dollars is like the main guy. Uh, and and people and across the whole franchise, you have people who like produced one really good song in the '90s. Uh, one of the main guys, this guy Stevie J, who's sort of the main the main uh, dude on Love and Hip Hop Atlanta, produced like Mo Money Mo Problems. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, sure, he produced like uh, uh, just a lot of like '90s yeah. Biggie stuff, where you're like, wow, does that still get you laid? And it does. Yeah. Once, yeah. once totally a track master, does. always a track master. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it is, you it's know, like being a UFC champion. You know? But I, I, I finished. I just finished another season of Love and Hip Hop, New York. I'm catching up with it, uh, and that's like all I watch. And that's like. But that's just guilty because it's trashy, right? Right. But it's like you know, like my boyfriend will be like, "Hey, why don't we watch like a good show?" And I'll be like, "No, no, no! I gotta like <laughs> find out what's happening with this fake staged." <laughs> drama on this show and uh i can't stop although actually like i watched they do like bloopers at the end of the episode sometimes and so there was a a blooper where peter guns was like this peter guns his plot line was that he has a, a secret wife it's all stuff what? like that it's like oh I'm, I'm cheating on my wife and we're gonna find out on the air during an episode they're gonna find out so at the end, somebody was like, why are you like, why are you treating her like that? And this was like in the outtakes. And he's like, because if I'm not a bad guy, I won't get to be on the show anymore. Oh, <laughs> so it's a blooper is too real. Yeah. He's like, because if there's no relationship drama, I don't have a plot line. And I was like, oh, that's figured it out. so intense. Have uh, you watched uh, Little Women Atlanta? No. Which has Pastor Troy on it? No. Pastor Troy, I, I, I watched a little bit. Of, I like There is a whole like big plot about who, whether or not Pastor Troy is the father of this, this uh, one of the cast members' babies. It's a very interesting afterlife for Pastor Troy. I mean, there's a, there's a wide web of, of uh, Atlanta reality shows now that are all kind of interconnected because you'll see the same people sort of across the shows. You'll see people from... Right. There can't be that many like reality show ready people in any town but like atlanta feels like small am i wrong it does i mean you see people from real housewives of atlanta show up on love and hip-hop atlanta you're like oh the social scene is right. like and this I, isn't like a multiverse situation yeah this is still real no this is like when like thor would have a problem and he'd be like only reed richards can solve it <laughs> only with like little women atlanta and pastor troy just <laughs> crossing over um so yeah love and hip-hop is my ballers Alex, what's your ballers, man? I, have, I, I don't want to be the guy who's like, I don't I have no guilt. I'm truly as well, self-actualized. You, watch, you love in my Kardashians, TV but you watching. don't feel guilty about no, it. No, not at all. I like, and mm. I never, I really don't. And I really oh, look forward to it. What about Rob and China? Well, Rob and China, I'm totally going to watch, but I, that is as a completist. I will do it. I'm very excited that the uh, Rob and China, the first episode premieres on the 15th anniversary of 9-11. Sure. Um, which is a big, it's like, you know, you look at that date, like Chris Jenner looking at that, like, what's it? Why is that? That date sounds good to me for some reason. That's like, that's a really strong date to premiere. I can't think of why. 
But it just feels like that's going to ring out with people. Like I've heard the high name wreck on that. Yeah, it's, it's just, yeah, exactly. But the buzz is strong. High virality. And, yeah, people are going to be at home, like sort of like, you know, quietly, you know, with their thoughts, like resting and thinking about are how there the any, world like, changed. Like, uh, My, sh- yeah. yeah. My guilty pleasure, no, I don't, my, my guilty pleasure would probably be something that's like too classy that I'm sort of embarrassed that I'm paying attention to still. I don't know. You know what? It's like, like okay, I will actually say that uh, like my wife and I have been watching the second season of Bloodline, which nobody really pays attention to. This guy does. Uh, that's me. I'm this guy. This yeah. guy. Two, two thumbs two over thumbs. there. Two thumbs. Can't uh, see on a podcast, but I'm pointing at myself. Just, Let, just say... Molly points thumb at herself before you <laughs> say your line. Like, I love like, Bloodline. No, I, I love that first season, and I feel like the, they're, they're really doing their level best to get Ben Mendelsohn back in, yeah. the, in the scene, yeah. you know? But that was good. one of those shows where, I, I mean, no spoilers for Bloodline, but I was totally like, you know, if this show became a supernatural show in the second season, fine with me. Well, that we've talked about. We were I'm talking about of Person of Interest and how it turned into a robot show in the third season. Yeah. What? It turns into an AI show. It's great. You should be like, it, it, you I'm should. gonna, yeah, it's I like need another. It's like a procedural, another... and then suddenly it's robots. We're I gonna do the, show. the POI cast at some point. <laughs> but no, I think my guilty pleasure would be something. It would be like that, or like things that are like just uh, like highbrow things that I feel embarrassed about being such a like mark uh, demographically like, that I'm like, I will watch your Netflix Mr. original Robot. programming. Oh, I'm watching. I'm still watching the Get Down. There you go. Oh. Deep into the get down. That's still, not guilty. That's all right. There's some stuff in the get. Are you, like, still, is, are you guys still watching House of Cards? Uh, that would I would be. But I feel like that's you, a no. show I've seen all of that but, I like. Wish I could take back most of. I um, paused House of Cards. Uh, spoiler alert. One frame before Kate Mara gets hit by the train, <laughs> and her face is full screen, looking alarmed. And I paused it, and I was like, I'm out. <laughs> and I stopped it right there. And as far as I know, if I go back to my Netflix account and open up House of Cards, I will that's restart right there. Continue watching, yeah. No, it's uh, that's the thing that bothers me. Like, the, it's things like that. I'm not ashamed of... I'm, like, proud of myself if I watch trash, because it sure. means that I'm getting outside of the thing that is directly made for me, which is the sort of the... The prestige. Quality, yeah. prestige Netflix original programming. Right. Like, those kinds of things. It's like, I feel like, I've, oh, I watched all of Mr. Robot, and I feel like sort of like dumb about that it's more that like I, I feel like when I get sucked in when I get taken in by some you know some highbrow thing that's the thing that I feel bad about not to be all like I'm the iconoclast who you know up is down but <laughs> but up is down it's like I, the, everything is you know media landscape is crazy what's highbrow what's lowbrow we don't know anyway ballers uh, what's ballers about oh god okay ballers is about the rock plays a former football player who is a now a financial manager, not a sports agent. There like is no Arliss. conflict with Arliss in this situation. See, that was my, would have been my guess if you'd... Can I just... We are talking, going so over today, but there's an account on Twitter <laughs> called Arliss Fan that for like a year I was convinced was Everyone Andrew. Everyone thinks it's me. Everybody thinks it's Andrew, but it's supposedly not. It's my friend. He says it's his friend, but I've never met this friend, and all the you have Arliss... actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna... He, do, he does want to remain anonymous, but you have met him. I've it, met him, but he, I don't know who he is. Correct. Is it Gabe? No. Oh, damn it. Is that the best uh, Twitter account you've ever accu- been accused of being? The best anonymous Twitter you've ever been accused of? Oh, for sure. Of- Here's the thing with Arliss Fan. Everyone go follow him, but Arliss Fan... Does he have dollar signs in the name? Uh, you can't in Twitter or he would otherwise. Arliss fan, here's what I will tell you right now. Arliss Fan is like the first Velvet Underground show 
of comedy. Like <laughs> no one, no one was there, but everyone who follows Arliss Fan before I before this podcast goes out is going to be famous one day. He only has nine hundred eighty three followers, and those are that's all like quality people in the comedy. I seriously, community. I mean, it is like he probably has the highest percentage of blue check marks as followers. As... Are you saying he has like a, just to throw me off the trail? No, it's a dude. <laughs> <laughs> Do I believe you? Uh, yes. yes. Okay, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and then, so Arliss Fan and I have a long-running feud about ballers. Yeah, do you now. consider starting a ballers fan account? Uh, my friend, I think, started a fake ballers fan. Listen, I don't have time. I already, we were talking earlier, I have, like, a fake fringe account that I still sometimes think about updating. Do you really? No. Well, I because I still have, like, eight episodes of fringe to go, so maybe, uh, maybe if I ever catch up on those, I will enlist my friends. Um, but, uh, Arliss Fan is the best. So, uh, The Rock, not... A sports agent. There are sports agents in the show. Financial um, manager. The sports agent is Rob Cordry. Sport. No, he's the he's the older financial manager. Oh. The sports agent. He's the Ari is, Gold is from some the guy. one episode I saw. Correct. Yeah. Sort of. Yes. There's a yes. He is. There's he's a, there's the, a the boss. Slime ball. The lovable slime ball. Yeah, but if anything, this is like even you take Entourage, you make everyone except one person white. And then you even file the edges off of Entourage. Like, there are still boobs in it, and it's still pretty sexist, but it doesn't even, like, their relationship doesn't even have the spike of an Ari Gold, which was already like, eh, what is this? That's what we like that show for, though. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's like the kind of wish fulfillment. I mean, right now, the current storyline on Ballers is, um, does Denzel Washington's son, who is in it and quite good, insanely handsome, does he want to make thirty million dollars for over three years, or thirty-three million dollars over uh, three years? Do they get into like CTE or anything? Yes, really, <laughs> sort of. It's a thing where where they raise questions and immediately solve them. Sometimes oh, off screen, kind of like entourage. entourage. Yeah. yeah. So, for instance, The Rock might have CTE, and then in a like literally thirty-second throwaway scene, the doctor's like. No, you don't. Nah, you're good. You're good. <laughs> and then another one... Football's uh, amazing. An well, th so two things. So another quick thing they solve is at one point the Rock's like on again, off again girlfriend who's a sports newscaster has a storyline where she's not getting paid as much and they like as her counterpart or even her less qualified counterpoint part, great thing, great thing to bring up. Could be a really interesting storyline. They solve this problem. She isn't even on screen. The Rock tells Rob Corddry, like, ah, she just went and got a job at ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just googling this. I was, I was, because I was going to ask. Do they make this? Is the do they have the cooperation of the NFL? And is that part of? Uh, it's a thing. So here they use real teams. Is why I asked. They use it's real not teams. Like, I was like, I was going to ask you, what are the fake football teams called in ballers? Like, is it like the Miami like Thunderdome? So or whatever? there like, is an article that I skimmed. Okay. About this, which is to the effect of like most um, in fiction when it's like yeah like. The Miami football men are lining up against the Detroit pig skins or, or whatever. they just say the team. It's like, I feel like on, it wasn't like Friday Night Lights was like that, where it's like, oh, he's going to go and play for Houston. But yeah. they didn't say which Houston team. So here, here's the thing, evidently, is most of the time when they do that, it is not necessary. It is people's, like, 
uh, listen, we're, we're in a Viacom building. It's the motherfuckers at Business and Legal Affairs getting... <laughs> sorry, I'll do it. It's the lawyers getting it's, a little paranoid. Um, it is like... Um, it's not necessary. So, so basically, um, what you can do with a trademark in fiction is like, as long as you represent it like it is in the real world... Um, it's you can use it. So the example that they use in this article that, again, I only skimmed, is like, you can say Coca-Cola is not good for you. You can't have a character like drink Coca-Cola and they pass, they die from it. And then everyone's like, yeah, that happens every time you drink a Coca-Cola. Like, you can't do that. So you can't have like... Would foot- watch that show, by the yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the one in ten Cokes is deadly show <laughs> is both... That's going to be Riverdale. That's amazing viral or viral marketing for a brand willing to step up to it. But basically, yeah, um, you know, um, Gotham City Knights football team, you don't have to do that. They can just play the fucking Bengals or whatever. Like, it's like um, just as long as I guess you don't represent you like you don't completely misrepresent and slander the reality of it. So you can't have like everyone in the NFL has CTE. Or it's. I think it's one of those things that's like a um, like you could get away with it if you decided to fight it, but you know most most media companies are like, why? Yeah, why we would don't want to fight the NFL? Yeah, that's, yeah, the deeper pockets. They're litigious. They get mad at you if you say the Super Bowl, right? Which is why all those commercials yeah. say like the, get big ready for the big game. The big game's coming up. <laughs> Can't say. Yeah, exactly. Which Olympics one? too. I'm sorry. They're like the world uh, quadrennial co- sports competition too. <laughs> Quadrennial. Is it quadrennial? Tetramennial? Oh, I like quadrennial. Quadrennial. It's probably every 400 years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, As it should be. No, yeah. That I, I Evidently, that's a thing. And I, I hope, if nothing else, and this is obviously the biggest civil rights struggle of the day, I hope Ballers is um, leading that charge to have more fictional, uh, f- have fiction use real teams. That's my that's my issue. Just like hard knocks. <laughs> In some small way, ballers is, is is changing. Yeah, they also. I mean, the look, they the the two episodes ago, the opening or three episodes at the time of this airing. Um, they had a scene in a sauna just so they could have boobs in it. So, do they have dicks? They do not have dicks. Then I'm out. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Rob Come on, Cordry. HBO. Step it up. Unleash unleash the beast, Rob Yeah, Cordy. show me the rock. See you next week. Thanks to Andrew T. for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. It was so fun. And you can follow Andrew on Twitter at Andrew T. Andrew T.I. at Twitter. And uh, you can find him at Yo Is This Racist podcast on the Earwolf Network. And this has been North Mollywood on the MTV Podcast Network. We will see you next time. This episode of North Mollywood was produced by Michael Catano, Mukta Mohan, and Kasia Mihailovic for the MTV Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at MTV Podcasts, and subscribe to this and other MTV podcasts on iTunes. Rock stick! <laughs>